You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love. After infidelity or betrayal, have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Wait a minute. Before you go on, I've got something for you that you are going to love. It's the Sparkle After Betrayal Recovery Guide, a downloadable guide that shows you exactly how to untangle yourself from the past, powerfully reclaim your sexy, and re-choreograph your future one step at a time. The best part? It's free. And downloading it gives you access to our monthly support calls as well. What are you waiting for? Break out of the pain and get your sparkle on today. Go to nakedselfworth.com. That's www.nakedselfworth.com and get your guide today. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal. The kind of betrayal we're going to talk about today is feeling betrayed by God. And yeah, I know that's a really, really big one. And that's why I wanted to address it. I know from my experience and from speaking with women that I have worked with, so many of us feel betrayed by God. And I don't care if it's God or universe or source or goddess or whatever it is. It's your higher power. And it's feeling betrayed by your higher power. And oh boy, that one is a doozy. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. I just wanted to name it because it's a feeling that so many of us have had. And it's one of those feelings too, that we don't want to admit or address or talk about because it feels sacrilegious. We feel like if we say, I feel betrayed by you universe, I feel betrayed by you source, that all of a sudden lightning is going to come down and it's going to you know, smite us or strike us dead or that we're creating really bad karma or whatever. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. <laughs> First of all, that if you're feeling, oh, I can't even say it, that is normal and that is okay. And I want to reassure you that you can say it. God can take it. (laughs) The universe can take it. Source can take it. It is okay to feel however you are feeling. So, Let's dive in with a little story. 30 years ago today, I met my husband. I met the love of my life. I met the father of my children. I met the man who would betray me and break my heart and shatter my trust in the world. 30 years ago today, 
It's August 19th, 2021 is the day that I'm recording this. And I met him 30 years ago today. Let me tell you what happened. It was the first day of law school at the University of Denver. And we were all walking around on this beautiful campus. And we were all nervous, right? Because none of us knew each other. So I walked in alone and I'm walking around in this courtyard and they've got some new student activities, you know, that are being set up and there's people around. And I see this woman and she looks friendly. She smiles. So I say hi and we start talking and her name is Kelly. And we're just like, da 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 da. We're chit chatting. And she's from Indiana and I'm from Colorado. And this law school is in Colorado. So we're just talking. And I said something like, you know, who have you met and what's going on? And she said, I've only really met. Um, one guy, but it's really hard to know what to say. And I feel really intimidated. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're thinking exactly what I'm thinking. Thank you for saying that out loud. This is really scary. And we sit down because we have to wait for this next event that's coming up. And we're just kind of chit-chatting and watching the people walk around. Well, I see this man. I see this beautiful man in a blue and white striped shirt and tan shorts and white ankle socks because it was the 90s (laughs) and white tennis shoes. And I hear in my head, not with my physical ears, but I hear in my head, that's the man you're going to marry. And I'm like, that's a really weird thing. I literally heard that in my head head. And it was like, huh. And here's why that was, huh. I was engaged at the time. I was engaged to my college sweetheart, to a man that I had been friends with since seventh grade. And it was like, I'm not looking. (laughs) I'm supposed to be married in a year. That's really interesting. And I kind of dismissed it because of all of that rational stuff. That's not, it's not going to happen. And we kept chatting, but I did say, Ooh, look at that guy. And she said, that's the guy I was telling you about. That's the guy I met. He's really awesome. He's from California, blah, 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 blah. And I said, introduce me. And it was really interesting because even though I had just met her, you know what she said to me? She said, keep your paws off of him. He's married. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. That's totally, totally not what I'm thinking. I'm engaged. I just feel like I need to know him. And she's like, well, of course, he's awesome. I just had to say that. I, you know, and we laughed about it and she introduced me and it felt like coming home. And I thought, wow, <laughs> interesting. I mean, it's not like love at first sight. It, it wasn't. It was not even necessarily comfort at first sight. It just felt, it just felt so much a part of me. Well, long story short, we 
we're all in the same section in law school. Law school is divided into sections, like the incoming first year class, which is kind of like your freshman class, is divided into three sections. Um, and it's just a group of students that you move through every single class with. And you form study groups with people in that section and you really have each other's back. It's almost like a mastermind. Think of it as like a mastermind. It's a smaller group of people that you move through all of the classes and all of the, you know, like first year law school stuff together. So you can really gel and study and just really, it, but the whole law school process is talking and expressing and, you know, batting ideas around. So you really do need a group of people that you're comfortable with. So we started um, our, law, our law school. We had classes that day. And lo and behold, since we had all three met and we we're all sitting outside, we all came in and we sat down together in the same row. And we sat down by another woman and we started chatting. And it was like the four of us just kind of gelled. Well, since we had sat together in that first row, that's the way we all ended up sitting in every single class. We got put in the same study group. There were five of us, two men and three women. We had all met that day. We were all from different parts of the country and we just really started gelling and getting to know each other. And we could challenge the way each other thought and we could really help each other along. And we became just a great study group. And as you can imagine, being in a part of a study group, you get to know people personally. And again, I really liked this guy. I really liked him. But of course, I was engaged. He was married. It was not a problem. So we were just in the same study group all year and nothing inappropriate ever happened. We were just friends and I really liked everybody in my study group. I really respected everybody in my study group. But throughout that year, there were probably five or six times that I would hear that same voice in my head. I would hear in my head, that's the man you're going to marry. And every single time it would be like, you are so funny and get out of my head. Who are you talking in my head? Long story short, we come back second year and he is getting a divorce. The divorce was going to happen anyway. When he came to law school, his wife didn't come to Colorado with him. They were not happily married. They shouldn't have gotten married. They got married basically because they were college sweethearts and it's what you're supposed to do when you graduate from college. And neither of them were really into it, but they felt kind of railroaded and chopped by circumstances. So when he came to law school, it was no big deal. She was going to stay back in California. And after a year apart, it confirmed what they already knew. And that was this really shouldn't have been a marriage. It was a great college relationship. It was a lot of fun. And now it was over. Well, over that same summer, I had had a similar revelation with my college boyfriend that although the relationship was a fantastic, fun fit in college, it wasn't a relationship that would have transitioned to adulthood. So he and I had broken up over the summer and um, my now husband and his first wife had broken up over the summer. And again, we went into second year. I thought that was interesting. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, ah. Because we were, we were friends. So we went into that second year. And once again, we were in a study group together. Once again, we enjoyed each other's company. 
But now suddenly there were fireworks. And I thought, oh, yes, God was right. The universe was right. Source was right. I didn't even see it, but oh my gosh, I trust God. I trust the universe. I am so guided and protected and loved and cherished and taken care of. And I am this divine child of God. And there's all these amazing um you know, things that have been set forth for me. And I have this amazing path and all I need to do is continue to follow on this path. And I am so chosen and loved and taken care of and yay. Oh, good for me. Perhaps you can relate <laughs> when good things happen and you're just like, yes, I am the chosen one. I have done so good. I have meditated and prayed and done all this great stuff and have been good to other people. And now I reap my rewards. Oh yes. I thought that. Now I laugh because it seems kind of egocentric, but at the time I was like, yes, I've been this really good person and I get it. God had this plan for me all along and here I am. We were friends that year. We started dating. Third year, we started dating. Um, we got engaged. We got married. We moved to California together. We started our career as lawyers together. Everybody said we were the perfect couple and we were ah we looked alike we had the same level of ambition and intellect and it was just magical and perfect and i felt so blessed and so guided into this relationship and as our relationship progressed as happens with any relationship things pop up that are difficult. But you know what? That's okay because I would always go back to, I heard in my head, in my heart, that this was the man I was supposed to marry. So I would keep that as my North Star. I would keep that as this like guiding light in my life that, it's okay that things are difficult because we are meant to be. We were chosen for each other. And I would just be so happy. Now, a little side note about our backgrounds. I came from a very stable two-parent family where everything was just stable and solid and normal and good things happened and bad things happened and it was all totally okay. So it was easy for me to be like, God put us together. The universe put us together. It's going to be okay. So what we're having a tough time, it's all good. I never didn't trust that. I was never traditionally religious. I was always more spiritual. We went to church. I prayed but we didn't go to church all the time. I was very connected to spirit. I was very connected to source. I loved the Eastern tradition. I loved angels and I would do all the channeled messages from angels and, and I would always go within and I just felt like spirit was all around. I went to some of the unity churches. I went to some of the science of mind churches. I explored 
And in every tradition, in every tradition, I would find and feel that common denominator, which was source, which was that divine trust. And I was so solid in that. Contrasting my husband's experience growing up, he came from a broken home, a very broken home, with parents who had some mental illnesses. He lived in poverty. He was severely abused both emotionally and physically. Because of the neighborhoods that he lived in, he was oftentimes beat up and jumped. He witnessed a murder. He trusted nobody. He was like me in that his family sometimes went to church and he prayed. He felt a really strong pull towards spirit, but he wasn't as curious as I was about spirituality. He was told that he had some Native American in his heritage. So he was curious about some of the nature type stuff, you know, the buffalo, the eagle, some of the shaman stuff, some of the Native American traditions. And he trusted source as far as he could control. I trusted that I was protected. He did not trust that he was protected. Obviously, when you grow up the way I did and the way he did, of course I would trust. And of course he wouldn't trust. But I didn't know this, right? So when things would go wrong, I would be like, I heard this voice in my head and the universe has my back and it's all going to be good. And he would think I'm being set up. I'm about to be duped. I'm about to be used and I am about to be hurt and I am so tired of being hurt and I am so tired of being abused and I am so tired of being jumped and beaten up and forced to deal with this stuff and I am going to take care of me. You can probably see how that is a recipe for disaster. You can probably see how that led to the chronic infidelity in our marriage. Whenever things went wrong, I would trust and be like, it's going to be okay. And we're going to get through this and it's all good. And whenever things went wrong in our marriage, he would think she's going to leave me. She's probably already cheating. She's going to hurt me. I'm going to protect myself right now. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to find somebody else. And I'm going to blah, 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 because I'm taking care of me. Because I've got to, because nobody else will. And I'm protecting myself and I will land on my feet. So, yeah, you're right. It was a recipe for disaster. And when I found out about the infidelity after 23 years of marriage, can you guess what that first thought in my head was? You betrayed me, God, universe, source. How dare you put me in this position? I trusted that. I heard that in my head the day I saw him before we first met. I heard that repeatedly. And how 
dare you betray me too? If I hadn't have had that nugget inside, that thought in my head, maybe I wouldn't have been so trusting. Maybe I could have protected myself. How could you have said that? How could you have led me to believe that that was the thing? How could you have done that to me? And what am I supposed to do with that? Because I rely on the universe. I rely on God. I rely on source. And really, you betrayed me. It took a while. (laughs) But I have finally, 30 years later, figured out why I heard that, how it was true, and how God, in fact, did not betray me. I have figured out now how having that ultimate trust has actually brought me smack dab in the middle of my divine purpose. And how that can happen for you too, no matter what is going on in your life. We're going to take a couple minutes for a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that. We're going to wrap this up. I'm going to show you how 30 years later, I finally get it. How the universe made me a promise and it took 30 years to fulfill that promise. But how it was finally fulfilled and how that can work for you too. So we will be right back. I believe that women deserve to be seen for who they are, not for what they do, what they look like, what they sacrifice, how well they please, or who they are in relation to others. I believe that being smart, sexy, and spiritual are not mutually exclusive concepts, and that women everywhere are tired of pretending that they are. I believe that it is time to disrupt our prevailing beliefs around what makes women worthy. It is time to empower all women to strip out of the labels, roles, scripts, judgments, and stereotypes that have been thrust upon them by a patriarchal society. Imagine a world where every woman has naked self-worth and validates, values, and shows herself without fear or shame for who she is, instead of striving to be who she thinks she should be. Imagine how unstoppable, beautiful, and free our world could be. Imagine being free to live life on your own terms waking up every day with enthusiasm for what's to come, experiencing joy in spite of any external circumstance, and falling into bed at night with the rich satisfaction of a life well lived. When we flaunt, we disrupt the silence around judgment, stereotypes, and the way others control us through the intentional mischaracterization 
of who we really are and what we value. When we flaunt, we are clear that the judgment of others says everything about the quality of their character and nothing about the worthiness of our own. When we flaunt, we are no longer complicit in any untruth and we stand clear in our identity and powerful in our own unshakable, naked self-worth. And we are back. And we are talking about being betrayed by source, being betrayed by God, being betrayed by the universe. How that makes you feel. Oh my gosh. I cannot even express how painful that is, how it makes you feel, but how you were not in fact betrayed, how that came full circle in my life. It took 30 years and how you can move through these feelings with your faith intact, with your life purpose intact. And where you can actually start feeling better and being more trusting instead of bitter and resentful. So does that sound good? (laughs) Okay, let's dive into that. When you place your faith in something, you have the expectation that things are going to turn out a certain way. And I think that's the real tripping point. Your expectation and the universe's expectation are different. When I heard 30 years ago today that this is the man you're going to marry, my expectation was you are going to live happily ever after. You and this man are going to love each other other, and just about every day is going to be blissful. My expectation was for a happy marriage. The universe's expectation was different. And it took me 30 years to realize that. What is the promise that you feel was broken by God, by source, by the universe? You're a good person. You do good. You pray, you tithe, you light candles, you do whatever it is that you're quote unquote supposed to do, right? You please God, God's going to please you. And and I just want to say by using God, I mean source, Buddha, Allah, universe, whatever works for you. What is that expectation that you think you're going to get back? What? is the expectation that you have. If I please the universe, the universe will give this to me. If I please God, God will give this to me. If I do X, Y, and Z, the universe is going to deliver. What is your expectation? That's the first place to go with this. To actually write down or notice what your expectation is. And then to let that expectation go, to let that expectation go. 
What you are expecting is in your head, and that's from your human self. Universe, source, God is bigger than that. While God cares about your expectation, God doesn't care about your expectation because that's the human part of you, and that's not what matters. What matters is your divine journey. What matters is the cosmic coming together of all of these different souls and spirits and experiences. It's so much bigger than you. And while your humanity matters, it doesn't. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. Let your expectation go. How you let your expectation go is by writing it out, by journaling about it, by talking about it. There is magic when we speak our truth. My expectation was for a happy marriage. My expectation was for a faithful husband. My expectation was for a spouse and a partner who would come to me with his issues and say, here's what's coming up in my heart. How can we work on this? Blah, 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 blah. My expectations were totally different. And you know what's really interesting? My expectations were inside me, inside my head. Some of them I spoke aloud, yes, but not all of them, because I made a lot of assumptions around those expectations. Huh. Don't we all? Some things were like, oh, well, of course, we all have that common belief, but we really don't. Speak your expectations into the world, into the universe, to your partner, to your boss, to your employees, to your friends. Speak your expectations. And when they're not met, talk to the universe or talk to God about what were their expectations for you. This is a co-creation. What you expect versus what is expected of you, for you, through you. Expectations. The second thing, and this is a really tough one, but it's faith. And it's faith, not in the sense that you might have been raised, oh, have faith, it'll all work out. Because that is not true. That is not true. Faith is the ability to hang on and to stay on this ride. Faith is the ability to know that you don't know. Faith is the ability to be uncomfortable and confused and wandering in the wilderness. And to still allow yourself to feel worthy. to have moments of joy, and just to be okay. Just to be okay. Just to be okay. I don't like wandering in the wilderness. And having faith is the ability to just be okay, to not always be trying to fix it, to not always be trying to like make it toxic and positive. Oh, it's great. I just love the wilderness. But just to wander and to be okay. To be okay being uncomfortable. To be okay not knowing. Just to be okay. Because you have faith that at some point in time, things are going to change. Whether it's you that changes and you're like, I'm 
change in my story or whether it's the environment around you that changes or some divine guidance come in or something like that, but it's faith to just be okay with what is. What is? I was betrayed. What is? Was he had a lot of pain and a lot of demons and it caused a lot of really bad behavior. What is? Was I didn't know that and I didn't understand that. And the result was pretty bad. Not only for me, not only for him, but for our family, for our friends, for the women that he drug in to this crazy toxic situation. This was not good for anybody. And it is what it is. My expectations were different than God's expectations. And I have to have faith that there's that vast gulf between my expectations and the universe's expectations. And I just have to have faith that it is what it is. And that at some point it's going to get figured out. And yes, there's things that I can do along the way, like be okay with things and have some fun and work on my self-worth and all that stuff. But there's also a lot that I just have to go, poof, I don't know. And I can't figure that out right now. And 30 years later, it was resolved for me. Now, to say it took 30 years for it to come full circle, it did. And it also didn't because I was not aware. I was not aware during all of those years, during 23 years of marriage, I had no idea. And people sometimes ask me, how could you have no idea? I had no idea. I had no idea that he was cheating because he never said he was unhappy. He never came to me with problems. He never said, this isn't going to work for me. He never ignored me in certain ways. He never treated me bad. We never had, I mean, we had, it's a lie to say he never treated me bad and he never ignored me. Of course, we had really bad times. We were married. We were married 23 years. We were raising two kids and it was stressful. We had money problems. We had parenting issues. We had in-law problems. Like we had every single problem that every single normal married couple has. But for me, we were having problems that every single normal married couple has. And for him, it was catastrophic. So I want to be really clear that it wasn't like, oh, but it was normal for me. So I thought my wishes were being fulfilled all of those 23 years. I thought I was in a normal, loving, faithful relationship. And it wasn't until I found out 23 years later that he had been cheating on me the whole time that I started getting really angry at God, at the universe, at source, for deceiving me, for making me feel like I had this great marriage that I really didn't. And that's that weird faith piece that I also have to accept the gift of not knowing. Because I didn't know, I was happy and I was joyful and I was this good mom and I had great friends and we had a ton of fun. And while part of me wants to go back and recolor that experience with negativity because now I know what was really going on, it's also really important to accept my not knowing was also a gift. That was a gift from God. That was a gift from the universe that allowed me to have 23 years of fun. 
that allowed me to have 23 years of bliss. Yes, there were the hard times, but I still felt really happy. (laughs) That's that faith piece. Thank you, God, for giving me that joy. Thank you, God, for not telling me. Because if you would have told me back then, I couldn't have handled it in ways that I can handle it now. And it's not until I get here now that I can look back and see all those gifts. D-Day, the day that I learned, that's when I hated God. That's when I hated the universe. That's when I thought, my husband's deceived me. You've deceived me. Why didn't I know? It's not until now, years later, that I can look back and realize, thank you for not giving me a clue. Our kids couldn't have handled it at that point in time. I couldn't have handled it at that point in time. We didn't have the resources that we have now to handle it in that point in time. That would have destroyed me. That would have truly destroyed me and our kids and my husband. Whereas now, it shattered us. But it put us both smack dab in the middle of our life purpose. And I'm going to go into that next. Now was the time to find out. Finding out was the perfect time. It doesn't take away that we had some really amazing times before. That was a gift. The universe kept the wool pulled over my eyes as a gift. God did that for me, not to me. The fact that my husband could compartmentalize so much is a gift. It's a blessing. I can't tell that in the moment. You can't tell that in the moment. That's that faith piece that you've got to hang on. You've got to keep wandering. And at some point in the future, you will understand. And that's that third point is that understanding will come. Understanding will come but it's going to take a long time. Oh, it could take a short time. I don't know your journey because I'm not the universe and I'm not God, but understanding will come. And that's where that life purpose piece comes in. I am in my purpose working with women who have been betrayed by someone that they love. I am in my purpose working with corporate women who feel betrayed by society and a society and a culture that says you can have it all and you can do it all. And they think, uh-uh, I can't. I am in my purpose working with women who are at work and they're thinking this is not sustainable. And I feel betrayed by my company, by my firm who tells me to just keep giving more and we'll reward you with money and time and benefits. And the reward isn't here. I am in my purpose working with people who have been betrayed. And this layers on a whole other layer around that. I was doing this work before my betrayal, but I didn't fully understand it. I thought my work was around like mind, body, spirit, unity. I was doing hypnotherapy. I was doing coaching. I was putting in the dance and the personal training and the energy work and, you know, channeling and angel readings. And I'm doing like this whole woo-woo mind, body, spirit thing. But it never really felt 
it. Like I was trained by Doreen Virtue when she was doing the big angel thing. And I was like, maybe this is my thing. And it wasn't. And then I went back to school and I got my, you know, hypnotherapy degree. And I thought, maybe this is it. I'm going to be this world famous hypnotherapist. And I love it. That wasn't it either. And then there was a whole piece around the dance and the fitness. And I'm like, no, but it wasn't it. Like inside, I kept thinking, this isn't exactly it. This isn't exactly it. Like this whole mind, body, spirit coach. Everybody's a coach around mind, body, spirit. Everybody's an empowerment coach. Everybody does this. And then wham. When the betrayal happened, I had to separate my expectation from the expectation of the universe. I had to have faith that the story wasn't done and that I didn't understand it and that it's okay not to understand. And that's really, really hard. And then I just had to sit and understand that understanding will come. And all of a sudden it all came full circle. And I thought, oh, the burlesque piece, that's it. It's the stripping down. It's the stripping out of this. It's the revealing who you are inside. Oh, I get why I know hypnotherapy. It helps rewire the brain. I get why I do energy work. It releases all that betrayal trauma. Oh, I get it. I understand that I had to go through this in order to step into my purpose and fully understand this. I am in my purpose because of my trauma. My trauma is my mission. You know, they say, it's your, your mess is your success. Your message is in your mess. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. That's cool. It is. And I'm not saying for you that it has to be like this business success and that you have to go, you know, work with people who have been betrayed too. That might not be your mission, your life purpose. We all have different life purposes, but here's what I know. If you don't understand it, you're not done. If you don't understand it, you are not done. God has not betrayed you. God has given you a really long journey. The universe didn't screw you up. The universe didn't screw you over. (laughs) You're just not done. If you don't understand it, it's because you don't have all the pieces and maybe you're not ready yet. Oh God, I know you want to be ready. But I look back at those 23 years where I didn't know. Technically, it was 15 years that he was cheating on me and I didn't know. I wasn't ready yet. I didn't have the schema around trauma and what it does to the brain. I didn't know the cultural differences between his culture and my culture. We both live in the U.S. We're both white, straight, whatever. What's going to be so different? A lot. I didn't understand his Ozark culture with my Colorado culture. I didn't understand Child abuse, trauma, poverty, fear, shame. And you know what? While I was at home raising my kids and struggling to clip coupons and save money and get dinner on the table and volunteer at school and doing all of that stuff, I wouldn't have had 
the bandwidth to deal with it all. I also didn't have the spiritual understanding at that point in time to deal with it all. My kids, they had sensory integration stuff. We were doing occupational therapy. We were doing all of that. They couldn't have dealt with it either. And I would have moved into ego in my head and anger and fear and embarrassment and guilt and all of that. And I would have blown it up. So the universe protected me. God protected me. What is God protecting you from right now? How do you feel betrayed by God? First, what is your expectation? No, God's expectation is something different. If you feel betrayed by God, it's just because you have different expectations. And just like in my marriage, you got to start talking about it. Talk about your expectation. Ask God, ask the universe, what is your expectation of me? Because I'm not getting this right now. I'm not connecting the dots. Ask. Verbalize. Write it out. Journal. Have faith that if you're not getting an answer, it's not the right time yet. If you're not getting an answer, it's not the right time. That's hard because we want it now. But maybe you're not ready now. If you're a mom, think about when you wanted a baby. You want a baby. You get pregnant and you'll wait nine months for that baby. You're not ready. The baby's not ready. You don't just go bam and there's a baby. What is the incubation period on this? I don't know. For me, it was 23 years. For me, it was 30 years before it came full circle. The universe put those words in my head. This is the man you're going to marry. This is the man for you. 30 years later to the day I go, "Uh uh-huh. Wow. I see why. I see how much I have grown spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, and I have been placed smack dab in the center of my purpose around betrayal. I am changing the world on betrayal, not only personally, but in our culture and expectations for women at work. I am helping women stay in their profession. I am changing the working world one person at a time. This is my purpose. I thought it was being a lawyer. Maybe not so much. I thought it was being a mom. I've raised my kids. I thought it was being a mind, body, spirit, hypnotherapist, personal trainer. I thought it was all these different things. And now I know. And I know with a certainty that I have never had with regards to my career. And I also have that certainty with regards to my marriage that, yes, this is the man for you. This is the man you're going to marry and supposed to marry. This is a spiritual union. This is a twin flame connection. And we've worked through a lot of stuff. Even though it wasn't my expectation The expectation that God, the universe source had for me was better and grander than my own vision for myself. I had faith and I can still look back and have that faith and that understanding that what I didn't know was a protection and was a gift for me. And I've had faith that understanding will come because understanding does come. And it comes in the form of 
being placed with the people, with the things, in your purpose, in your joy, for your soul's growth and development. It's all different for all of us. Where do you feel betrayed right now? Can you be open to the fact that the universe has a grander vision for you? Can you be open to the idea that the universe has a grander vision for you? What can you be open to? Be open to the idea that this is all part of the plan. And that while you're wandering in the desert, you don't see what's happening around. You don't see what's happening within. Think about that pregnancy thing again. You don't look into your uterus every day and be like, yep, the liver is growing right now. Look at the arm buds developing into arms. You have faith that it's happening. When you don't have faith that it's happening, you just have the understanding that in nine months, something is going to come out and it's going to be what it is. Your expectation is different than the universe's expectation. Your expectation is different than God's expectation. God does not betray you. You have not been betrayed by God. You have not been betrayed by the universe. You just don't understand it yet. Let's go back to the biggest biblical betrayal. Judas betraying Christ. Do you know that had to happen? Do you know that the story would be completely different if Jesus had not been betrayed and crucified? If Jesus would have just had this big old ministry and wandered around being a rebel, maybe we wouldn't even be talking about Jesus today. Maybe it would just be a story, or maybe we wouldn't even know. Maybe he would have burned out. His disciples would have burned out. He would have gotten married, had a couple of kids, gotten really busy, and it all fizzled out. We don't know. We don't know because that's not what happened. But the catalyst for the story of Christ was the betrayal. Without the betrayal of Christ, nothing would have moved forward. Now let that settle in. Without the betrayal, there would have been no story. How do you think the disciples and Jesus and everybody felt after Judas betrayed him? Oh my gosh, everybody must have been so catastrophically upset and mad and horrified. They probably felt like you felt when you found out that your partner was cheating on you, right? That's not pretty. But that's the start of the story. That wasn't the ending of the story. That was the catalyst. That was the defining moment. It is from that betrayal that all things have flowed. And yes, the crucifixion flowed from that. And that is, I mean, I, I, you can't say, and that was so good. It's not. That was horrible. So the betrayal happens and it seems like everything is falling apart, but it's from that valley that everything launched forward. 
What about you? What is happening from this betrayal? You have been betrayed. (laughs) Maybe your crucifixion has already happened. Maybe it hasn't. But what are you going to launch from it? Because God did not betray you. The universe did not betray you. They put you in this situation to launch you. Maybe you get it. Maybe you don't get it. That's okay. Keep that faith and know that understanding will come. Understanding will come. So I want to wrap it up by saying it is okay to feel betrayed by God. It is okay to be extraordinarily angry at God. It is okay to turn your back on the universe for a while and be like, dude, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this for a while. My expectations, your expectations, me angry, out of here. The universe can take it. God can take it. They're bigger than that. It's okay. Be as angry as you want. Unleash. Move into your rage. Move into your anger. Move into it. Then define your expectations universe's expectations. Have the faith that if you don't understand, you will. It's coming. That your betrayal is your catalyst. Your betrayal is not your wound. It's your catalyst. It is okay to feel angry at the universe and at God. They can take it. Keep going keep going. It will come full circle. What was that thing like I had in my ear? This is the man you're going to marry. The man that I married betrayed me. That betrayal launched me squarely into my purpose. My purpose is spreading good around the world. I didn't get that then. I didn't get that until 30 years later. You might not have to hang on for 30 years, but hang on. If there was something that you knew to be true and that you felt like it was given to you from a divine inspiration, then it's right. Right now, move into that moment of stillness, that moment of quiet. Ask God, universe source, a question where you need to be what you know to be true and listen to that wisdom and keep the faith because that wisdom is true. And this betrayal was absolutely for you. Everything that you didn't know was absolutely for you. And everything is in divine, perfect order. I'd love for you to reach out. Let me know what you're struggling with. Let me talk you through it. Because if you don't understand, you will. Have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are. Because who you are is always more than enough. 
Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 